You start, you get your product market fit, but then eventually you need to mortgage your house. You don't get the financing. You're doing six different jobs. You need to hire specialists. You cannot hire them because you're alone. And then for those that can go further, capital requirement and expertise is just too big. So we said, oh, we've got all the characteristics to build portfolio, build a group. We're going to build some tech to automate the whole thing. And that's how we started. In this episode, I'm talking to Alexander Renault, CEO and co-founder of Note, a company that buys direct-to-consumer businesses and helps them scale. They've acquired 14 companies since 2018. We're going to talk about, number one, what they look for when buying businesses. They're buying about two to four businesses per year right now. Number two, where are they spending most of their marketing budget? And number three, the secrets behind their email marketing efforts. It's their number one most efficient channel right now. We're also going to try to figure out their current revenue and the valuation of the recent 30 million Canadian dollars series A round. And if you can't answer a question, we both have to take a shot of hot sauce. Wish me luck, Martians. Hope you enjoy this one. Hello, hello, Martians. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing on Mars. Today, we have a very special guest, as usual, um, Alexander Renault. Uh, he is currently the co-founder and CEO at Noak. Noak is um, they essentially they 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 buy e-commerce companies that do good, right? So so, so they have like a, like some kind of value um, or or like a mission, and they help them scale. Uh, so since 2018, they've acquired 14 companies. They're buying about two to four companies per year, and apparently the acquisition sizes are getting larger and larger. So. Really excited to talk to Alex and hear everything about Noak. Alex, thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, fantastic uh, pleasure, Simon. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, and uh, so 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 Alex, I'm I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'll do like a brief little intro of you. I'm probably gonna butcher it, right, <laughs> And then you're gonna jump in. You're gonna you're gonna save me. Okay, you're gonna <laughs> perfect. You're gonna protect we'll me. Okay. So so Alex, uh, the reason why we got Alex on the show. His background is incredible. He's been he's been in the the online space um, for for a long, long time. Close closing in uh, in twenty years, I think. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time. So worked with companies like uh, PremiumBeat.com, the royalty free music library. He was a COO there. He's also a GM uh, of Shutterstock, and we all know Shutterstock. Uh, this was there for three years, and then board member for a company called Design Stripe, moved over to Noak in 2018. And, and the company has just been massively growing, uh, buying companies like we mentioned, two to four different companies per year and, and, and just scaling from there. Um, Alex, save me. T tell, tell me a little bit about your background. And <laughs> no, that, that's, uh, that's pretty, uh, pretty accurate, Simon. Uh, well, what I could add that could be interesting for everyone in Simon. I'm coming from a small entrepreneur background family. Uh, and at age uh, 12, 13, I was uh, working in the store, like with my dad. That's where like, I got the gist like on the entrepreneurial journey. Uh, otherwise, uh, first business called Logic Media, doing website 1999 with my uh, long-term uh, friends uh, and then co-investor and partner also in Note, Francois Ho. Um, so when since then, yeah, we start a bunch of different company in the online and creative space. Nok is my fifth business, so uh, an interesting yeah. path. Number yeah, five. shift. Yeah, number five. Yeah. Wow. 
so you've been an entrepreneur since you were young, basically. I've always been involved with some kind of stuff. Right. I guess when I was very young, like uh, was a Lego fan and just wanted to build stuff. And uh, yeah, I guess my neighbor was finding me. They, they were finding me annoying. Like I was trying to sell my drawing <laughs> at five and six years old to get like some uh, some some sense there but uh yeah yeah cool okay so we're gonna dive into everything in a little bit but before that the theme of the show as as you know is we're gonna start the show off with a little shot of hot sauce all right and i'm gonna be asking you tough questions because your company is growing and we want to know how you you're growing the company we want to know all the secrets things that you're probably not going to share to other people we're going to try to get it out of you and anytime you cannot answer a question, we'll do another hot shot of hot sauce. That's Ready? It. All right. So what do you got today? What's your weapon of choice? Ah, I got a bunch. Trying to be very Canadian. So I've got this uh, sauce piquant, uh, Saint-Zacadie. So habanero with a uh, hint of uh, maple. There's no rating on it. So this one is a surprise. Seems to be pretty strong. Uh, I've got an extreme one as well. If uh, it gets like too pink, which is more of a Louisiana type. Okay. Um, and I've got a milder one if I'm... <laughs> all right, all right. Alice is based, you're based in Montreal. Exactly. Which explained the, uh, the accent. The French accent, if you guys haven't already figured it out. But anyways, we'll, we'll do it. I'll let you decide whichever one. Um, I'll try the, the one that I don't know. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having tortilla as well. Like to get it yeah. All right, I'm going to pour this in. Oh, this one is quite thick. It is. This one's really thick too. I'm, I'm running out of... Oh, you already went. Okay. Well, cheers. Yep. Et voila. Voila. Okay. Oh my God. It is uh, really, really spicy. Ooh. Okay. So, so, uh, Noke, tell us maybe in a couple of sentences, uh, what exactly, oh my God, it's really spicy. I don't know. How, how are you doing? <laughs> Um, it's actually not too bad, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's stuck there. So yeah, my print, yeah, my face is getting red. Oh my God, this is not good. Um, so Noke, um, tell us maybe in a couple of sentences what exactly Noke does and maybe just a background on how, how we got started and everything. Right. Um, so I got started, uh, after we sold Pre-MV to, to Shutterstock and, and after the, the Shutterstock journey, like, um, me and my, uh, my business partner were looking, what, what's the next thing? And you have to remember that in, we're in 2017, uh, you've got that whole unicorn craze with uh, WeWork, Uber, all that. And then you can see that multiple like don't make sense pretty much. <laughs> uh, and uh, that valuation is kind of through the roof. We know interest rate is low. And we said that whole thing like will actually explode eventually. And um, we say we want something stable. So first criteria, want something more stable. So we decided to go in physical good because we saw like uh, hybrid physical good tech, first criteria. Second, we didn't want to take 10 years to build another SaaS business. Uh, we want something that scale faster. So we say, what, what space can we buy and uh, scale something that is very fragmented? Second, and third, fit business. We did an exit, we say, well, we want to have something with a component, an impact component to it, or something that could have a, an impact in everybody's life. Um, so that's how we, we 
we look at the landscape and say, hey, you know what? Like the, so many DTC brands are being created. Um, a lot of them actually scale fast. Like they start fast, but very difficult to scale. So it's actually easy to start, difficult to scale. We talked to a bunch of founders and it was always the same story. So you start, you get your product market fit, but then eventually uh, you need to mortgage your house. Uh, you don't get the financing or you need to, you're doing six different jobs. You need to hire specialists. You cannot hire them because you're alone. And then for those that can go further, uh, the capital requirement and expertise is just like too big. So we said, oh, we've got all the characteristics to build a portfolio and a, a group. And so, so we're going to build a group. We're going to build some tech to automate the whole thing and, and group. And that's how we started. Um, yeah. Wow. So uh, did you start it with the same founders that for your first four businesses or different founders? Yeah. Well, uh, Francois, my, you know, Francois and I, like we, uh, we know each other since uh, we're 13 years old. We were uh, high school best buddies. And so we had one business together, then another one. Um, Premium Beat, he founded Premium Beat. Like I joined after to buy back like his dad. And then we started to scale the business together. Uh, and uh, we're running a family office also where we do uh, minority investment, like uh, seed investment and uh, different uh, different business. And then we started the uh, note. But it always been clear that I'm running note day to day. He's running another business that we started. This is right, like you mentioned before. Mm. Uh, so this has also been fun by, by our family office, but he's running it full time. Uh, so well, right. a good, uh, good story, I guess. Uh, we, uh... Wow. So you and Francois, your main, I guess your main business partner, you guys are Batman and Robin. You guys have been doing this for a while, a long time together. Yeah. 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 Well, when you develop like good, good relationship, like with people, when you're able to, um, you know, stop project and still be friends and go through tough time, like cash crunch drop in business, all sorts of things like that. And, and then you can continue to do that. Like that, that's a big sign. So, so you stick with those people that, that are close to you, like that, that can, that can complement you also in some way. Okay. So that has been super valuable. Like everybody's saying the same thing, but, uh, you know, surrounding yourself like very well with not people that are like you, but people are very different than you. Uh, so, so I really appreciate having a lot of people around that bring something different to the table. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying every day to listen properly, like that's, and, and see like how I can gauge and challenge yourself. I, I think that's the most difficult as, as entrepreneur is that sometimes you have a, an idea so strong, the vision is there. You want to go like full on, but, um, my biggest fear is to, uh, miss something along the way. And, and so if you're well-surrounded, people will tell you if you're actually running into a wall or if you're about to do something dumb. Uh, if you're doing everything by yourself, you might run a chance that you hit the wall at some point. So, so well, at least for me, that has been like one principle like, that I've been trying to operate on. Right, right. And for anyone that's uh, listening right now, um, and, uh, you know, by the way, if you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the comments for, for Alex, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to answer them. And, um, and, uh, if, you know, if we, if you can't answer any questions, same thing and the same rules apply, there will be hot sauce consequences. But, um, so going back to like different strengths, you said everyone has different strengths. What do you think you bring to the table and what does Francois bring to the table? I assume you guys synergize and work very 
well yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely so i'm um you saying like the the if you look at the the, the basic spectrum I think in entrepreneurship in general, you get the visionary type and the building type, uh, and and you need both uh, at different stages. They're more important than, and um, yeah, on my side, really from a building standpoint, uh, with you know guests, make things happen is really is really a motto. And um, yeah, we'll stick with a few ideas that are very like precious and and seen as dis- executable, and then build the whole thing and run for it and and make it happen. So it's more, um, you know, in the, uh, you know, exploration and product side, like in trying new thing and beyond trying and, and like more that visionary, like bond standards and like that, that by bouncing like those idea back and forth, like between, uh, between us two, you know, we're getting something that, uh, that is stronger. Um, that being said for Noak, like in the early days, we had a, a lot of that dynamic in the first or second year. Uh, but then eventually Noak is an operation, heavy business, uh, M&A, finance focus and all that. So that's where actually Design Stripe was started. Uh, also because we, we knew this space before from Premium Beat and also as a couple of strong ideas they wanted to try. So he, he went and run on that and, uh, and Noak is a business that, that suits me very well in terms of uh, you know, my capacity and what, uh, what I'm trying to run. So uh, voila. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Okay, let's dive into the first couple of hot sauce questions. Um, want to know where Noke is at in terms of a company? Uh, just want j- just so we can have some ballpark figures. First question: Did your company raise anything at all? And um, maybe you can we'll we'll start there. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Raise uh, the after you uh, you mentioned that. Uh, last uh, last summer, well, last fall, we announced that we've completed our Series A uh, last summer. So after four years, um, you know, we start small with small acquisition, like 100K business, 250, 1 million, and so on. But then eventually we say, okay, I think we, we've we made enough, like, small mistake. We know what's working. We're ready to go bigger. So we went in the market, like, to find, like, bigger investor. And we were looking for a purpose-led investor. Uh, and we brought like uh, two institutional from Canada, plus a, a third one as well. Uh, probably less now than the rest of Canada, but um, FSTQ, it's $20 billion fund. Uh, there's 800,000 like uh, people, uh, essentially people investing their money for retirement. It's, uh, it started as a workers fund to save business in the 80s, and it, it migrated to our full professional funds after. Um, so they were a lead investor, so they're super aligned with what we're trying to build by buying, uh, you know, company that do good, uh, buying them, scaling their evergreen fund as well. So they're going to be able to come to be with us from series A, B and plus, uh, we get fund Axial, which is another one also based in Montreal, a smaller fund, like about the 5 billion or so, uh, and, uh, EDC export and development Canada, like for those uh, Canadian that know it, like they do invest in company from time to time that export and can become Canadian champion. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're like, we're, we're buying company uh, internationally. So that that's good for, for the country. Um, so those three together, like we did, the, we did a round of, uh, of 22 million and we converted also a safe that we had before. So for a total of 30 million uh, raise uh, last summer. In total. Okay. Is that in USD or Canadian? Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
the queen, but now the king on it, like eventually. Queen and the king, yeah. So $30 million raise. Okay. Um, uh, what valuation was that Series A at? Uh, uh, yeah. So I could share a lot of number, but that one I'm going to take. Uh, <laughs> I take it out. That's all. Yeah. No. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. So that that one, like, I'm, I'm going to protect my group and I'm going to try the the big one. So, uh, if we'll, uh, so a good lump of it. Cheers. Woo. Cheers. Yeah. That one, um, that one is strong up. I might lose voice. <laughs> I've got the Louisiana. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. So, valuation undisclosed, but obviously, big, big funds that are investing in your company. So, Exactly. So, so, so for those of you that are more in, in, in finance topic and stuff, like those institutional funds, they're looking to do four or five times their, their BEP typically over for the five years or so. Um, and, um, and, and well, so we're not, we're not in full crazy unicorn mode and so on, but are more cosy, more private equity, I would say, because we're buying and deploying money, like, uh, but they need, and it's a series A, so we have space for, for a couple to come. Right, right. And, and, and the seed round, correct me if I was mistaken, the seed round basically was just you guys, right? Just you and your founder. Yeah, we did most, uh, most of it. And it also would were fun, but we brought, uh, we brought uh, entrepreneur friends as well with us. Okay. Uh, great people uh, like, you know, Josh Falker, Guillaume Racine, also like great entrepreneur that were, um, you know, Guillaume is still very active with us. Like he's, uh, he's our chairman now. We're still working together like uh, a lot. Josh has been very active on our data platform in the past, T Aspire. And then a couple of other um, uh, ex-founders and entrepreneurs that we know in our network. But we, the only, um, the only VCs that we have is Panache, um, you know, well-known Canadian uh, VC. But Panache is owned by, by essentially friends and people we know. Uh, so one of them say, well, if you want to bring us in, you have to bring Panache in. So, all right. Yeah, so obviously for people listening, Alex is a seasoned um, startup entrepreneur. He's, he's raised money, he's sold companies, he's built companies. So for him to raise $30 million within four years, it's not like it was, probably it was harder to raise money on your first couple, right? And then it gets easier over time when you have a built a track record. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I'm curious to hear your thought on this. We had someone, uh, come, come on from uh, the CEO of Farshore Capital. They're like, a, uh, they are a VC company, uh, based in Silicon Valley. And they're also a software development agency. And, uh, founder said something very interesting. He said, startups shouldn't enter, you shouldn't start your company with the goal of fundraising. Mm. Right. Because yeah. then, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, fundraise is, and it's just getting the resource to achieve what you want to build. Uh, not the other way around. Uh, getting a stash of money is not what you're building. Uh, and that, that probably got lost, like in that whole, you know, craze of VC valuation and stuff. And at some point you're not number, like your business needs to contribute to real people and raise value and, uh, and be useful to the employee, the investor and, and the customer. If you don't do that, valuation doesn't matter and it will crash eventually. It becomes just a financial play. 
Um, if anything, uh, I'm actually happy that the early business we we struggle and uh, we uh, we were eating very lightly, yeah, <laughs> ramen and uh, and 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 that kind of too. Um, is is you better make your mistake on your own money and and play put only what you can lose on the table. Uh, that that's also a second thing. Uh, I saw that a couple of times with founders. If if you cross the line and you put you go all in to the point where you could lose something that you're not ready. You don't accept that you could lose that. Then this is where like it, it, it can destroy life or be very difficult after. Um, but you know, it's, it's a nice thing now with the internet, you have access to a, a lot of, you know, so, so many resources like your podcast Simon, and like that, that you can get that feedback pre-internet and even like early 2000, like it was not very developed. Like you still buy a book, okay. You had to join certain circle, like to get that kind of feedback. Uh, nowadays, everything is it. You just need to be curious and worry about some of your angst from time to time. Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I want to go back to what, what you said back before, you know, money just allow it's just it's just some it's a resource that allows you to do more right so you started noke 2018 the landscape is very different now compared yeah. to you know back in 2018 2018 econ was still booming drop shipping nowadays we say drop shipping is dead but back then drop shipping still wasn't dead it was still a yeah. thing true the world has changed a lot now inflation is super high People's disposable incomes are lower. Are you still very bullish on e-com right now? And so that, that I'm super happy you asked the, the question, Fred, because yesterday we was was chatting with my exec team and I was chatting with Francois as well. And we said, well, we're going back to that original napkin idea. Um, we're pretty much exactly where we want it to be. It's just the road to get there like, has been different, but we're where we want it to be. And 2018, like, we, we didn't want like to game Amazon or game dropship or trying to extract something from the market. Remember I said like, we want to consolidate the fragmented market, we want to build a real business with physical good that is profitable, that, you know, delivers on cash flow and stuff like that, not full burn. We want to develop a brand that do good. And nowadays, what we're seeing is that you know, I'm looking at data from Clavio, MasterCard, and Visa, and on where e-commerce is coming. Like e-commerce will still grow. It's just we're comparing COVID dope year uh, with what it is. But the truth is that e-commerce has been narrowly growing. The adoption curve has been continuing like that. So that's that's a fundamental trend that's not going to change. Second fundamental even trend this year, even this year with all even this year, you're looking at Q4, and I think. Cloudview is the that that hugely adopted like email system, and they say that their merchant like have been experiencing like seven to ten percent like more sales in a quarter. And same thing like for Mastercard for e-commerce specifically. So that's volume volume of transaction on e-commerce actually has been continued to grow, and that's crazy when you think that twenty twenty one was a massive year for e-commerce as well. So it's slowing. Uh, some people might experience, a lot of people I think are experiencing decreasing. We saw it, like we, we review a lot of business that, but 
you know, we're sustainable product, like their people are more conscious about what they're buying. We only buy a company that have their own IP. Uh, you know, it's all our design, it's all our product. 70% of what we're selling is non-Asian made. <laughs> like, uh, I'm saying that because there's certain sensibility as well, like to, to that. Um, it's all like more premium product as well, more emphasis on design. So I think people are buying maybe less, but better. And uh, they're more conscious about what they're purchasing. So of course, if you're, if you're in the business of dropship and you're selling a, a Me Too product with slapping a logo on it, that play doesn't work anymore. The play of get rich fast on Amazon, you get an Alibaba product, slap a logo on it, and you get rich. That, that has passed. We've tried, we've tried in 2018 a little bit, and we say, wow, that is not working. Even back then. Um, so, uh, yeah, don't get fooled. <laughs> No. <laughs> you cannot, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So fundamentally, like we're, we're very positive now that the multiple for acquiring business and founders, like no more the reality. There's no more like magic unicorn world. Like you can make good money, but it required diligent work and sensible work. Um, so now we can bring brands and the group with, with structure that are, you know, are very interesting for both funders and ourselves as well. And we can get, you know, bigger together. Um, so I'm actually super positive. It's going to clean up a lot of the, the mess and noise of the past two, three years. Uh, and I can, I can talk to you a lot about like this. The, we'll, we'll dive into it all. Yeah. Okay. We'll dive into it all. So, so 2018, another interesting thing about 2018 versus now was maybe back then because it was, uh, you know, drop shipping, uh, a lot of companies could just create a, a me too product, throw some ads and you'll get results right away. You'll get an ROI somehow yeah. with ads. Nowadays, consumers have seen so many MeToo products. Those same ads that worked in 2018 will never work now. And oh, Shell, this is gone. <laughs> right? That stuff is gone. Does that then mean that your CAC, uh, what are you seeing in terms of trends for e commerce CAC? Has that decreased, increased? What are you seeing? Like, what are the trends? Uh, you have to look at it on a per channel basis and also in a per product category. Um, again, 10 years ago, Facebook ads, Google ads, they've been a lot of inflation there. Their performance had decreased, Facebook specifically a lot, not just because of the iOS stuff, but also in general, like people are less active on the platform. Um, Instagram still okay. And there's no new other platform like TikTok, Snapchat, those kinds. Nobody replaced really what Facebook was, uh, I, I would say. Um, Google is still, you know, okay, but it depends on what you're selling. So what I'm saying is that the, the ad dollar, it's more difficult to add something very predictable. So I'm going to pick $1. It's going to give me that. That yield is kind of shrinking every year. But the CAC has increased a lot too. Yeah, CAC is increasing essentially. Yeah, true, true, true. But then there's other channel where um, email, email is fantastic. Like uh, email, people continue to open their email if they, if you're, if you have a point of view and you, you have something to say to your customer, like they do open, they do listen. And uh, that, that has been a fantastic channel. Social, if you have the right influencer, authentic influencer that talk authentically about your product and so on. That is working super well. Um, so it, it's fragmented, but if you do real thing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stick. And those things are, are actually, they cost less. So what we've seen is our total advertising budget is actually decreasing. 
you know, and we're still growing, but we're investing less and getting less performance from that. Wow. Long answer, but uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much the, the so it sounds like email is doing really well for you guys. What's the, yeah. Is that your most efficient channel right now? Uh, uh I, yeah, I would say uh, price wise, like, uh, I would say that is. Right. What are we looking at in terms of CAC for, for email? Uh, <laughs> it's going to be another, another hot sauce collection. <laughs> I send you, I send something there. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take a hot sauce shot, uh, for this one. Um, but, uh, but is there anything, uh, maybe we'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for the next question. Uh, there you go. All right. Good, uh, mm, all right. So folks, I think we're onto something. I think Alex, <laughs> something we, let's, let's see if we can extract anything. Um, one worse in email, tell us whatever you can share for email without, well, do you know, give away the hot sauce, the secret sauce. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, let's start with your, your, what you have to say. Uh, so the, the beauty nowadays is that if you're, it's beyond the product, like at least in our product category, like we're not selling, we're not selling commodity, like we're selling, um, you know, everyday product, but they all have characteristic and element that you can, you can actually tell something about it. So, so I would say. Email is about like, um, uh, so the editorial, the editorial pace and what kind of content and what you're providing. Are you being useful? Like with, uh, with the customer, like, are you helping them use your product? Are you helping them discover other customer are doing, are you helping them with, for example, Canna or kitchen brand, like, you know, recipe, it's very easy one, but we are a chef there and there. And they're using our product, like, so, oh, you know, you can do a bread, like an industrial bit, like, or this is a super quick and easy recipe, like to do a cookie in five, 10 minutes, like, or thing like that. Those type of email are being read, um, and, and, and open, like, and follow, like, by a factor. And that drives, like, repeat and, and conversation, like, with the customer along that side. And other type of thing. So it's not that much the channel, but how you use it. So I would say it's more about the content. Uh, Rachel, one of her fantastic, you know, that brand in her group has the highest engagement. Like we have a month with repeat rate beyond the 50%, close 60% sometime. Wow. And uh, what they do is they, they, they do effectively co-creation campaign where they say, oh, this is the tech spec of our uh, type, like this typeful woman, like but designer one. Um, this is a tech spec, uh, send us your design. We're gonna publish everything and we're gonna, you know, have people like vote on it. That is super effective. Um, you know, it, it, it helped the social media, it helped the, the email. And then of course you, you can embed like discount and offering and thing like that. But the idea is to maintain that conversation on a regular basis. Sorry, uh, it's, it's a survey on type form or the survey embedded into the email? Survey embedded in an email, like that's uh, the most effective one. Wow. Well, uh, what tool do you use for, for that? And yeah, I should ask the team for that. Like if you, if you want, like I can actually share with people after like and ask the team, but in general, like we've, we've designed, like we standardizing like our, our platform and all the email flows are on Clavio. Uh, email flows like. Anybody operating an e-commerce store, 
Uh, you should you should look at your flow while you accompany the customer during like the purchase cycle. Um, it's fantastic what you could do if you, you know, with abandoned cart and post-purchase emails, it's wonderful, like review, how to use the product, uh, small tidbit, like a, a thing, like regarding the product after even, you know, a year or three months, like after purchasing the product. Um, if you engage with something meaningful, it makes sense. Hey, you did buy that. You know what? Look, we just released something that complements it, like you know, beautifully. This is amazing. How just those simple stuff are uh, leveraging the whole thing because you're not trying just to, you know, shove something in the uh, and and the customer will, or, or getting the dollar from the customer. You're just saying, hey, trying to be useful. Like you like that. This is how you can enhance like your your overall yeah. your whole thing. So we've had a couple of uh, e-commerce brands come on to our show. Uh, oh, some are over you know twenty five million dollars in annual revenue, and we've been hearing the same thing: increase the spend on email, decrease in pay, uh, PPC, decrease in SEO. Still some SEO, but decrease for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, increase in user generated content, um, and decrease in like paid sponsored posts uh, on, on for influencers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do those all resonate with you or? Uh, it's it's all right. This is 100% on trend. Um, the, you know, social media space now, like when people post something, you know, if they've been paid for it and so on. Those one like are performing like, you know, 10, 20 times less than spent. It's all about authenticity. Customer now, they, they smell the, <laughs> the advertising by a mile. So at some point you even have to think like, on not to think marketing, but in, in some way think more about like product communication, serving the customer. So way more qualitative, like in qualitative in a way to uh, to do that. Less salesy, um, at least unless you're. I am saying that, but th there's so many product categories. Some product categories are very impulsive. You have to be a little bit more aggressive. But at least for general of what we do. Uh, this is more about the experience and and how how well like we uh, we develop like that conversation. And one thing that maybe that that can be interesting for others is as you move towards more of those contents and and email stuff. Uh, it's true that you spend less on ads and things like that, but you spend more on on the team. So you need to bring like more. Yeah, exactly. So you bring more salary, more people in a team. You need to have the right people that get the brand. They become like the internal brand ambassador that connect like with the external. So that's that's a cost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although you not like people tend not to include it on the cat coin because it's not pure spending. Still a cost. You got you still a cost, and it just, it's, it goes back to I think I think the overall trend is reduction in performance marketing and increase in brand and branding activity. Yeah. Branding. Yeah. Right. Correct. So, so that's still part of your marketing spend. It's just, it's called differently. The bucket is, it has been renamed a little bit. So, um, okay. Back to Nope for a second. How much are you guys doing in revenue right now? If that is a sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that I can answer all today. <laughs> I still have the other one. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're uh, well, with the current portfolio, like we uh, we're, we're training in about like forty five million, like with the current portfolio. But we have uh, we have also other acquisitions that we're looking to complete in the next three months. So our goal is to get to a hundred million before like the next like sixteen months, like or so. So that's where we are. Wow. Okay. 
Um, tell us about your biggest company. What does that re revenue equate to? The biggest company. The uh, well, we've got that kind of fist in our in our roster business that you know this year I think we'll finish around fifteen or so, like in the portfolio. We've got a, we've got another bigger business that is coming that's gonna be uh, over that one. You know, I hope uh, this is always uh, it's always work in progress. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it. So they're they're our biggest one. Otherwise, the others like we've got um, one over ten, another one close to ten, and then uh, another group like couple like one or two or so. Right. And how profitable? Like, talk to us about profitability. Uh, mm -hmm. Ecom, like, like, are, do you do you look at a net profit margins, or you look at EBITDA? Like, what what is your? We're story? we're looking at EBITDA. It's been, uh, you know, we're building uh, an operating holding, so that means that we're investing more in building the global capacity. So we're looking at it twofold. Two years ago, like the idea was to we need to get contribution margin and the economics right all the time. If you're selling one, like, it needs to deliver like profit. And that, that seems like ridiculous, like nowadays, but four or five years ago, like people were not even looking at that. They were just looking at pure, uh, pure growth. Pure top line. And think, yeah, pure top line. But if you don't get your contribution margin right, you, you're going um, to have a disconnect between your growth and your profit. So that's one. So we fixed that at 20, uh, 2021. We work on that a lot, 2022 as well. Um, now we're a bit of po positive as a group. Uh, every one of our brand uh, and brand group like are positive. That's you need to operate the the positive today, like per uh, And what we're working at as a group now is building automation and value to the point where we can operate like in cash flow positive as well, and start to have like disposable cash that we can reinvest also with the business and so on. Uh, so that's that's our main goal in the next um, you know twelve to twenty four months uh, to increase like that yield. Of, uh, of cash flow. So I'm not even talking about net profit that much. You see, I'm talking about cash flow. Like ultimately, like everything's going to be optimized. And, you know, the next point here is optimizing for cash flow uh, and re-injecting and growing the business. Uh, so so that, that's really something that we, we've developed and we were getting better. We're, we're paying all the tech debt and the data debt right now, trying to normalize all the data across all different business in order to have a, a very pure uh, view of cash flow and be able to have like um, great forecasting capacity after moving forward. Yeah. Okay. See, very boring stuff, but it's very mechanic, but you get an old with capital. Oh, and there's probably uh, economies of scale too, right? Once you figure it out with one, you can duplicate it with all the rest. And also, true, I, I don't know how your team is structured, but I assume that you kind of did you guys create some of, the, of like an in, internal agency model where yeah. you can share resources? Okay, so see, there you go. So you, so you got that going for you as well. Exactly. So we've, we've kind of nailed the, the model last year where we have, well, what we get is like value added, the centralized like structure where the brand and they keep their PL and keep the CEO, like they run with the business, but then we have central service where it makes sense. Um, data, BI, finance, um, HR, there's an element of culture and HR day-to-day uh, -day that remains at the brand level, but you have to get a certain philosophy like people-wise that start at the top. So those elements, that's where we're investing a lot. Operation this year, that's where we, we invest like a lot of effort. 
with the team, uh, getting, uh, getting, you know, pristine data, <laughs> accuracy, and then out of which we're going to be able to increase the automation uh, for all the other brands that we're, that we're having. Yeah. And everything is done on Clavio, right? For all the suites. For email. For email. For email yeah. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Wow. As we're done. Uh, so marketing, marketing is interesting because there's some stuff that makes sense to centralize, like uh, data analytics, um, customer demographic profile, thing like that. Uh, but in terms of execution, it needs to come from the brand because it needs to come from the people that uh, are, you know, with the customer on the field. And we've tried the agency model in the past. It's not working for day to day, but it's working well for projects. So what we have today is that we have a, a brand global brand that is led by Jessica Manchester. She's our, our chief brand and she has a team that's working on new websites and UI UX improvement, some kind of cross brand or specific projects. Very specific, very specific. Exactly. I mean, exactly. So it's, it's, you start your mission, you know, when you're starting, then you finish it, then you jump on another one. But what do you, what we've learned, <laughs> sorry, the author says, Going back, <laughs> the, uh, what we've learned is that it's better to get someone um, super focused on one brand than having a newer specialist and throw five different brands and trying to fragment this time. Uh, the context switch like will be way more difficult. So, so yeah. So, so there's stuff that work and stuff that don't work like, uh, at the uh, at the consolidated level. Mm. I see. That's very interesting. That's yeah. I mean, most people, when they think about their brand, they're thinking about just one, uh, they might just have one e-commerce yeah. brand, but you got to think about sure. 15 different ones. It's, um, does it get more challenging? Do you think it's more challenging? I don't know. Easier because there's so much overlap and synergies. What are you? Uh, you're, each time you bring a brand, you're adding complexity. So it can become harder and harder if you do nothing about it. So yes, it can become a total shit show after if you just pile because you've got like legacy, different thing, and it just gets complex, complex, and more complex. Um, you have to deliberately work and do the hard work of simplifying the business at every stage. Um, so last year when we brought the three new company, we said, okay, and like we're not gonna you know manage everything centrally. We're gonna have that decentralized approach where there's stuff like day-to-day -day marketing and, and the culture and the team management and even the hiring and thing like that. It's going to be run by the GM and the CEO, and they're going to be the most effective at doing that. That has been a nice decision, a very good one. Uh, secondly, now, um, after the other, the new brand that are coming, it will continue to increase. So what we create, we created for the first time a cluster or a brand group we created a group that we call Emerging Brand and uh, that is led by Herrick, like uh, now. Like, and um, Emerging Brand, essentially, it's all our brand that are under $5 million of revenue. We pull them together in a smaller group and their job is actually to find a way to be um, effective at managing smaller brand, uh, you know, efficiently and they run their p &L. So today, I'm managing four business, four p and with, uh, you know, four CEO. And that's how you keep the business simple. And as we bring more, eventually we're, we're going to encapsulate a uh, similar business and similar industry. So maybe we're going to have a cluster in apparel, cluster and furniture, but the way I'm seeing it, 
it, it will need to fit on my two hand and not more than that in terms of the number of business that would look. Um, for, for those that are interested, Constellation Software is a, an aggregator per se or a buyer of a small SaaS software. They've been very effective. I think they've purchased a couple of hundred uh, company, probably 300 or so, like or more. They're a public company. It's, it's probably available. And in, today, I think they have four or five divisions. That's it. So four or five divisions. They have one for government software, one for, let's say, marketing software. And under each one, maybe you have 60 different companies. Uh, I think it's brilliant. And that's been a source of inspiration. And that's what I want us to, to build on. Is you just create that abstraction, layer of abstraction to keep it simple. Yeah. And, and the system needs to follow along the way. People always think growth is always a good thing, but it's not always. You know, growth sometimes brings a lot of problems. Um, At tons. No, you're more disruptive unless you attack it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Percent. That's what I'm saying. You need to be deliberate. It's more painful to have new business each time, but each time you solve it, then it gets easier. So uh, I'm repeating the team all the time. It needs to be easier as we get bigger and not the opposite. So each time we see more pain point because we're getting grower, then we get, okay, this is a thing we need to solve and we need to simplify. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's okay. So, so there are a lot of listeners, um, uh, that will be listening to this podcast that are pretty intermediate, like mid-level marketers, right? And um, may maybe they're, they're they're probably listening to this and they're like, how do I even get to the stage where I'm, oh. you know, touching every part of the marketing and learn so much? Like, how does my brain even manage all of this? How do I even get the opportunity to learn every single part of the marketing function that that you are aware of? You at one point were a mid-level marketer or like you were pretty junior at one point. How did you go about it? Like wh what was, did you just have really good mentors around you? Is it just through time? Is that just the answer? Simple time. You just need more time or saying uh, yes, a yes to everything. Like wh what kind of tip would, what kind of tips would you give to those mid-level marketers? Well, specific for me first, like I've always been like more of a generalist, like, and uh, that, uh, and never in a position where I was like uber specialist in something. So what I need to be good as being generous and as the business grow is to um, be able to speak the same language. Then, so you, you just need to know enough not to get screwed <laughs> if you hire the contractual or something mm -hmm. and then be super diligent about like the, the brief and control and how you manage that. But I mean, nowadays there's so many specialists out there. There's a lot of good people. Um, and when you're paying, you know, an hourly fee for a specific marketer doing whatever, SEO content or whatever, sometimes people don't like externalized because they say, ah, there's poor result. But, you know, of course, if you pay someone and you say, do me that, and you don't give direction and criteria of success and you don't follow them, there's no incentive for them to actually achieve anything. Um, so what I would say, if it, if it, the team is small and you need to work on many different channels and many different specialties, you got to become very, very good at briefing people and controlling them. And to do that, we need to get just enough knowledge to be able to talk the same language and, and not being screwed upon. And, and again, everything is available online. So instead of becoming a crazy specialist in something, maybe you learn a little bit about like a framework and uh, what 
every channel you're trying to activate is very good. Uh, and then you, you manage your, your contractor. But yeah. that, that, would be, that would be my thing. A- another option is you do one thing crazy good. You go super deep and this is your winning playbook. And if you've got some yield, then after you jump to the other one. So that would so, be another approach. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, look, there, I don't think there's any, that's the cool thing about what you just mentioned. I don't think there is a one answer, a one size fit all for everybody. You said you want to generalize, uh, be, a, be, a, be a generalist, and so you can touch every single part. I think that's very important. Other people say it's better to just dive really deep into one area and just be the expert in PPC or just be the expert at writing. I don't think there's a right or wrong. There's a lot of founders who just dive deep into one area and just really good in one area. And then they hire teams around them that fill in the gaps. Yeah, And, and some founders like you, are generalists and there is no i don't think there's a red pill blue pill kind of thing like no. life is not so black and white right so. no 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 exactly there's so many flavor depending where you're trying to build and the market you're in and so on um but yeah you know nowadays there's so many channels the thing that is more difficult is that there's so many ways to talk to your customer nowadays that you can lose yourself a little bit between all of those channels and you're trying to do a little bit of social a little bit of content a little bit of that so if anything, trying to find the one thing that worked first and, and nail that part. Um, so, so I think if it at early stage, that's what's important. And then at later stage, it's more about what I was describing. It's more about the, the quality of the, the control and the management and now you manage your scaling. Um, yeah. Yes. So um, actually, before we jump out, you, you mentioned you guys are buying a lot of companies. Do you guys use a special site to buy companies? Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting story. And that has been an interesting journey. Uh, we, uh, we started like using broker. There's a lot out there, uh, empire flipper, flipper website builder. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, it. and there's many other people out there that have nice roster of brand available, but very quickly we found that we were not finding the, uh, do good company that we were looking around. And so we started to build our own database uh, of website. And then we started to scrape those websites to trying to see, estimate uh, what size of business they were because we were looking for a certain threshold. And that's where GSWire was created. Uh, today, you can go on gswire.com uh, and gswire.com is a software that we own. And it's essentially our m database that we, we brought public um, and, and people can browse like the, the, the roster of brand. Uh, we even did the hard work of um, doing the classification of those websites using machine learning and, and product types. So today, if you're looking for an independent brand uh, that's making furniture, you go on GenesWire, you can find it. Mm. Uh, we also scan like which company is B Corp, which company is 1% for Planet, and all that. Um, this is a little bit overkill for our own need, but we wanted to externalize it and expose it to other people. So to, to get feedback and, and yeah. maybe we're in the process actually of, um, anybody who's listening, like we're in the process of hiring a GM for that specific uh, product to continue the product market fit and find like what we can do with that. Um, I think we build a gold mine that we just don't know exactly how to exploit it like right now. Uh, but, but it's definitely interesting, like out there, I would say there's a lot of database of e-commerce signed, 
But the hard job that we did is that we actually remove all the store and we focus on brand. So we probably have the nicest, uh, cleanest data source of and dependent brand on the market out there uh, with Genius Wire. Cool. Well, I'm throwing that in the universe. Like, if someone wants to ping me on that, like, <laughs> yeah, throw it out in the universe. Uh, I mean, um, you you probably know Acquire.com, Mike, Mike, yeah, and uh, as well. True, true, true. Right. So, so they came. Uh, uh, the founder, CEO, came on the show, and oh. so I'm sure there's a business out there like his company. I mean, anyone listening, you can listen. You can listen to the episode. They're well north of nine figures in revenue. So this is almost another business for you. It could be a true. Probably no new business. And entirely. And, you know, also early on in 2018, we say, you know, so we're, done a, we're gonna build tech to solve our own problem. And maybe some of that tech will be able to spin it out uh, and, and create something. There's, there's so many examples of fantastic business out there that were built down a little bit app hazard. Um, sometimes they stay within the company. Sometimes they've been externalized. Uh, Twitter originated from advertising agency. If I remember, like totally different. Yeah, Adible US, like Amazon was selling book, like and, and, and thing like that, and and then they spawn off like because cloud is still out there. Samsung started off as a fishing mark market. Oh, <laughs> oh, they started off as a fishing mark market. Huh. right? Like that's a crazy. So companies transition all the time, right? Until you find out one mill. Educate yourself and read. I love entrepreneur like old entrepreneur story. Because there's so many pivot early on, and uh, this is just so fascinating. Like how you start something and you don't know exactly like where how it's gonna end up. Uh, so we noticed. Um, I remember like Nokia, which made cell phone, like used to make gumboot, and now they're still making oh, really? equipment. There's all sorts of things. So picture Nokia in 50 years. Maybe we're gonna build. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Well. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Alex. Um, and uh, I, I think we're just about just about time. Before before we wrap out, uh, wrap up. Anything anything crazy that we should be looking for, forward to in the next six to twelve months uh, on the radar, so we can follow along the, the journey. Any 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 big major announcements that we should be on the lookout for? Oh, on our side, yeah. Or or, or uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll leave it up to you. You want to do that, or you can give any last. Last marketing remarks. I'll leave it up to you, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, 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 true. I uh, appreciate that. Um, well, of course, we, we can follow our next acquisition and what we're building and all that. Uh, if, you, if you link to our uh, page uh, at Nope or go to Nope.com. Yeah, ex exactly. Uh, so that's, uh, that's always the best, uh, the best way. But uh, no, otherwise, uh, the... Um, and again, drawing something in the universe. I've said that at another podcast, you know, what we're working on right now and, and thing we, we haven't come up with anything yet, but we're looking for a solution to easy solution to get the carbon footprint of everything that we're selling uh, and consume. Customers are demanding transparency and the labeling issue and thing like that. Uh, and there's been a gap in that transparency. Uh, there's a, there's a, mon a monopoly like a, it's called GS1. If people want to look at it, they manage all the barcode out there for every product, yeah. but someone there, they're not yet like full on. It's, it's a huge endeavor, but if someone can figure out the same way at DeFi, I actually figure out a way to do better banking. Someone figure out how to do better 
labeling transparency for product. Um, and I didn't, I'm, I'm looking at that. We're trying to look at that problem as well. If other one is tackle it, uh, uh, in, we might come up with something in 12 months on that, but I'm um, open to collaboration on this topic in Portugal. Okay. Uh, and the best way to reach out to you is LinkedIn or you use okay. LinkedIn is amazing. Yeah. And LinkedIn is amazing. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm responding <laughs> usually for the fast or otherwise, I mean, no.com it's out there Can write to us and write to any of our brand. Uh, we're nice people. You know, we're open. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, Alex, it's been a pleasure talking to you and taking three shots of Voss Awesome the show. Uh, excited for our, our next, maybe we'll talk before the end of the year or maybe next year and see if you guys see where you guys are at. Maybe you guys are already surpassed the hundred million dollar mark. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, no, no, exactly. Why not? There's a possibility. <laughs> yes. But anyways, thank you so much for joining and appreciate your time. We'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. So, I hope you liked that episode. Rather than sitting here and telling you to hit that subscribe button or smash the like button, I'll say this instead. Send me a screenshot if you actually liked one of our episodes or you subscribe to our channel and I'll take the next hot sauce shot with your name on it. Even better, you can come on the show, ask questions and take hot sauce shots together with the next CEO, CMO, or founder that comes on the show. I hope that you've learned a few things or two listening to some of our episodes. We post every Friday. And finally, if you have any feedback or ways that I can improve the show, let me know. Thanks. See you on the next one.